Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And it's Riverdale Season 3, Episode 17, Chapter 52, The Raid. As Betty enlists Cheryl's help to infiltrate the farm, Archie and Veronica help an ally from his past. This is a really, uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. It's just a lot of setup. You know what it is? We had the opposite happen for us after the Carrie episode, mm-hmm. where we had a very plot-heavy, action-heavy episode come in, and we mm-hmm. were like, okay, we're back to form. We're getting into stuff. Yeah. This time, it's a letdown from the emotional impact of the prior two mm-hmm. episodes. Well, it just, we're still building, like, things happen. We're furthering the story. We're furthering the characters. But then it's like, oh, shit, a whole lot just happened, and now we're going on hiatus. Which is true. But on the other hand, you couldn't have scheduled a better episode to pause. Oh, no, this is great. Because we get just enough information to be like, ooh, I want the next one. Like, press play on the binge watch. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a perfect reset. Mm-hmm. We hit the reset, got everybody moved into place. Now let's see how things wrap up. Yep. All right. Time to recap the recap. Jughead burned the trailer down. Veronica's parents are breaking up. The serpent's been deputized. Then the gargoyles join the gang. Archie knows where all the bad guys are. Alice joined the farm. You can't just meet Edgar Evernever until he surfaces at the school play. Mm-hmm. So we start this episode with the serpents going through a building. They're like doing perimeter checks and, you know, like signaling to each other. They're going around. They're Then they're obviously in Riverdale High. We see the doghouse. Hey! And they're just, they're moving along. And Sweet Pea goes out one door. He doesn't look to his left. And then he keeps going. And then we get a sight on the back of his head. Boom, you're dead. Lights all come on. And it's Sheriff Keller using a laser pointer on him. So this is a drill. And FP comes out and he's like, there's no second chances on the street. It's just obvious you guys aren't ready. So we're going to run it again. And everyone's just kind of like, okay, okay. And Jughead is just like, I've put up with a lot of bullshit from this show. Uh Uh-huh. This feels like the most implausible one they've come up with. I mean. You're going to let a bunch of ex-gang members run an actual SWAT tactical squad for you? There's no ex-gang members. They're all gang members. Hey, at least it's actual training. Like, this is valuable stuff that they can use. When they're being gang members, as we'll see later. Would you be okay with teens running a police squad in your home? No, but... Going and running after gangs? 21 Jump Street was a good show. (laughs) I just... Did the town get any input? Was there a city hall meeting? Did the mayor approve this? I don't know. See, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered for us to understand what's going on here. Hey, you know what? They said they were going to do this thing and they didn't just drop it. Uh, and so, like, now we're seeing mechanics. And that's one thing we've complained about. Where are the mechanics of this thing? So here we here we are seeing them be trained. And they're also wearing jackets that say trainee. So they came prepared. Oh, boy. We go over to Pops. And Betty and Veronica are just chatting. Veronica's complaining about the divorce. And Betty says, you know, is there any way we can see this as a good thing? Veronica says, I'm trying to find a lining of even tarnished silver. (laughs) But my parents raised me to believe that the most important thing in the world was family. And, you know, like, I like that they're reiterating the fact that, like, this is why this sucks for her. Like, obviously, her parents' marriage is horrible. They treated each other like garbage. But if everything has been through the lens of family is the most important thing in the world, then this is devastating. 
Veronica's got a point. Absolutely. And so I, I appreciate that. There's an emotional motivation that makes sense. Yes. Which hasn't always been the it's case. It's not always the case in this show. So Betty's slurping on her milkshake and Evelyn comes in. She wants to hang up flyers because they're going to have an open house for the farm. Veronica says, okay. And she, you know, Evelyn goes on her way and Betty just starts slurping on her milkshake, making big eyes. And Veronica just looks at her and goes, of course I'll go with you, (laughs) which is adorable. Again, I love that we get to see Betty and Veronica being friends and being together We got that with the musical episode. It's nice to see more of that happen. With this episode, we just see all of the core four being friends. B and V do a B and E. Yes. Classic. Now we head over to the Cooper Jones house for breakfast. You know, FP comes in. Why the long face? And FP lets it slip that someone found our old trailer. It was burned to a crisp with drug cooking material inside. To which Gladys gives the most non-committal, oh my. Oh my, in our trailer. And Jughead becomes the most smug teenager in all of the land, which is obnoxious, but I really like from his character because we know it's in there. And I like that this is the moment where he's like, screw you, mom. You don't know more than me. I'm going to beat you. I'm pissed off at Jughead. And that's a good thing. That's okay. He's acting like a smug teenager, but it, it makes sense and it works. Oh, you're supposed to. You're supposed yeah. to be like, you dumb, dumb idiot. You dumb, dumb teenager. He is big, dumb Jughead this whole episode. Yeah, he's just sitting there going like, our little town can't seem to catch a break. Remove one cancer, another one takes its place. And JB comes right in with the distraction. Come on, Dad, we're missing cartoons. <laughs> so they go off and Gladys gets right in Jughead's face grabs the back of his head and is like, did you really think that blowing up that decrepit trailer would change anything? You better buckle up because I ain't going nowhere. And here's a tip. Don't cross me again. You don't go after this woman head on, dude. You've got to be more subtle. <sighs> he needs to get his dad involved, but he does t- he does explain why he hasn't later. So like, I appreciate that. I, f- I appreciate that they're telling us what everybody's thinking through like exposition it works pretty well you know who you could call the fbi (laughs) no we've only had dealings with one fbi and they were fake (laughs) we go over to sisters of quiet mercy and kevin is giving the tour if you cross over this way you'll see two of our more artistic members expressing themselves they're painting creepy stick figures they're barely painting i know Rando Farmies. Rando Farmies. Uh, apparently their names are Megan and Garrett, so they're technically not randos. Aww. That is a call to our My Little Pony podcast. We like to pick out a random background pony each week. We call them Rando Ponies because they are not named in the show at the time of that episode. Kevin goes on to say, you know, we like to nurture everyone's unique talents. Veronica says this is Hockney meets Heaven's Gate. They're next to a door that has 317 on it. Yay, call to the episode number. Boo. It's a lovely comic book trope. I'm, a, I'm a fan. stupid. Shut up. It's, it's adorable. Betty asks, what's that for? Kevin says, ah, that's just a janitor's closet. Kevin says, you know, okay, everyone follow me. And we're right next to the gargoyle chamber. And out walks Alice in this, like, super white outfit. Betty tells Veronica to go ahead. She'll catch up. And Alice just looks at Betty and says, enjoy the rest of your tour. And Betty's like, wait, that's it. We haven't talked in forever. And that's all I get. You forsook me, Betty. Not the other way around. And then she just takes off. Like, fuck you, Alice. That is not even remotely true. You abandoned your daughter. 
It's not how she sees it. Not how the farm has taught her to see it. Of course not. This is like feeling very Scientology. Like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's about to get more Scientology. Okay, so like a real rando farmy dude comes up and is like, hi, would you be interested in one of our interviews? And Betty's like, uh, okay. Time to find some Thetans. Yeah. So we, we go into the gargoyle chamber and Betty gets sat down in front of Evelyn. And Evelyn's like, these are for people interested in joining the farm. <laughs> like, Evelyn's not here to go through this bullshit with Betty. She's so bitchy. I love it. But it's just like, well, let's say I am. Where's your dad? He's around. Name? Betty Cooper. Occupation? Student. <laughs> Do you ever bite your fingernails? Sometimes. Do you ever feel stressed? Sure. Doesn't everyone? Would you consider yourself a cold person? <laughs> no. And this is this is what feels so Scientology to me because it's a personality test. They're trying okay. to find damaged people. Oh, yeah. Not confident people like Betty. And so Evelyn's just like, okay, great. We'll call you. And Betty's like, aren't you going to ask me about my secrets? No, that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Betty is super damaged. But the problem is Betty is comfortable with her damage. She's, and that is a poor person to recruit into a cult. She is aware of her damage. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that is keeping her from moving on yeah like it's not it's not an albatross for her that's a bad cult member exactly yeah no like you need somebody who can't escape their problems she's not hung up on it like of course there's some like underlying bullshit which of course we'll deal with later but for the most part like she's able to move through the world pretty well despite all the crap yeah we go to the pembroke and Veronica's coming home. Hermione is yelling into the phone. She's saying, I should be there for the appearances. And then she starts speaking in Spanish. She is pissed. She yells, damn it, Hiram, slams the phone down. And Veronica's like, what is going on? And we come to find out that they're they're finally opening the prison and they're going to do a ribbon cutting ceremony with Governor Dooley. But Hiram did not invite Hermione, the mayor. And Veronica makes the point. I mean, to be fair, mom, you did try to kill him twice. <laughs> yeah, and... It's kind of funny. It is kind of funny, but Hermione's just like, no, you don't get it. It's only a matter of time before our enemies find out about the divorce. And without Hiram's protection, I'm in danger because when a marriage unravels, the wife of a mafia boss, they tend to disappear. In our line of work. Just die already. Just die. It's not even her fault. It's the writers, but good God. Oh, yeah. We go over to the Andrews house. Jughead's just stuffing his face. (laughs) Archie's gotten a new haircut. Good thing about being your neighbor is I got two kitchens to raid for grub now. Comic book Jughead. I love love comic book Jughead, and Cole does a great job with stuffing his face. So... Archie's asking about what's going on and Jughead explains like, look, it's a cold war. The nuclear option is that I tell my dad everything, but that could spell mutually assured destruction. So instead, the serpents and I are dismantling her drug trade piece by piece. We're going to get the gargoyles out and we're going to get her cook Kurtz. I'm going to make Riverdale unwelcome for Gladys Jones. And Archie smartly, again, I love Archie who has learned things. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, but what happens to Jellybean? And Jughead's like, I'm trying to figure that one out. Okay, so here we get some lovely, like, okay, now we understand what both are thinking. We've just explained that. And also, we have a lovely scene between two best friends. And we're flipping we're flipping roles here. We've got yeah. Archie wising up. Well, and, and we've got Big Dumb Jug. 
Well, and also we've got Archie trying to help Jughead, which this whole season has been like, how are we going to help Archie? So I like this switch. The phone rings. Archie goes to answer it. Will you accept a collect call from Leopold and Loeb? And Archie's like, sure. It's Mad Dog. What's up? We cut to Serpent HQ and Jughead is just telling the serpents, okay, we're going to be the unofficial DEA. And we're going to make life miserable for the gargoyles. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to hit all the hot spots, make sure Gladys isn't using Hiram's old infrastructure, which for what Jughead wants to accomplish, this is a smart way to go about it. That makes the most sense. All right. We head over to Leopold and Loeb and Archie's there to talk to Mad Dog. It's like, what's going on? Well, they're shutting it down because of what happened with Warden Norton. But we're going over to Hiram Lodge's private prison because they decided to open a wing just for us. And Archie's like, oh, that's not great. And Mad Dog explains, yeah, because the guards that made us fight are going to go over there, too. And I think they're going to start the fight club again. They canceled our parole hearings and I can't get a hold of my family. And Archie just says, listen to me, you risked your life to help me escape. And believe me when I say that you will not step one foot in Hiram Lodge's prison. Riverdale. Love it. Archie's got a mission now. So we cut over to Archie's gym. We don't know what it's called yet. So it's just going to be Archie's gym for right now. And he is in the office space and he is showing Veronica around. She's like, okay, this is great. But my dad just gave it to you. And Archie's like, it's a long story, but hey. The other guys cannot be transferred to your dad's prison. Those guards are sadists. And you worked really hard to get me out of there. Veronica says, no, I broke you out. And Archie's like, yeah, but remember before that you were working with the Innocence Project petitioning the governor, which I love that they bring that back because the Innocence Project is a really great thing. It was actually it's actually not a bad way to go about trying to get these kids out of prison. And Veronica just says, no, no, no. I got a scheme that we can pull. <laughs> Pretty much. I know Governor Dooley is in town. Perhaps an appeal in person might do the trick. Uh, yeah, this is this is stupid, but I'm okay with it. We are still straining credulity. Well, yeah, it's Veronica. That's like the name of the game. We go over to the Pembroke study and Veronica is escorting Governor Dooley into what was Hiram's. And we see Archie sitting there. And Dooley's like, what is this? I thought I was sitting down with your father. And Archie basically just says, yeah, you're going to let these guys out. You're going to pardon them today. Or I'm going to the authorities and the newspapers and letting everyone know about the fight club that you came to as Warden Norton's guest. My problem is that it's the governor. If yeah. it was somebody else. If it was like just the mayor. Yeah. Like like at that level, it might make sense. Or like just like a congressman. Uh, even then. A state rep, whatever. But the fact that the fucking governor is involved. I know. In whatever fictional state we're in. I mean, we assume it's New York. It's just one step beyond. It's just, what we it's here. one too far. Yeah. It's one too far. But Dooley leaves and he's going to do it. <laughs> just, just like that. Fine, two yeah. kids are threatening me. Well. What else is new? So we go over to Pops and Cheryl is sitting down with Betty. Thank you for agreeing to help me, Cheryl. I haven't agreed to anything yet. Infiltrating the farm. Isn't this more of a mission for you and your beanie headed beau? <laughs> Betty's like, yeah, but, you know, I, I can't because Evelyn doesn't trust me. But she was trying to woo you during the musical. And Cheryl's just kind of like, what is your obsession? 
They wear white after Labor Day. But beyond that, are they really that terrible? She's got a tiny point here. She has not seen anything to be worried about. So that's fair. It's a fair question. And she's the voice of the majority of people in the town. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. She hasn't seen the baptism. So Betty brings up Juniper and Dagwood, their niece and nephew. Like they're being raised as toddler farmies. And Cheryl's like, yeah, but they seem fine. But Betty brings up Jason. He told Polly they were running away to the farm. Don't you want to know why? Like, please, Cheryl, believe me. If I could go undercover, I would. And that's the thing that gets Cheryl to do our next scene. Yoink. We're in the bathroom at school. Evelyn's brushing her hair. And we start hearing crying when it's obviously Cheryl from a stall. And Evelyn goes and opens the door. It's like, is everything okay? And Cheryl's sobbing very, very convincingly. Tony and I broke up again for good this time. And I don't know what to do. Evelyn just makes a very concerned face. You know, it might help to talk about it with a friend. Cut directly to Cheryl busting into the blue and gold office. He's Betty. Cousin, I'm in. So now we go to the comic book shop, the one that we visited before with the Red Paladin. And Sweet Pea's there looking for a little bit of game enhancement. The comic book dude, he puts down a comic book. He opens it up and it's got a thing of fizzle rocks. 50 bucks. Everything good? And Sweet Pea's hesitating. He's like, not for you. He grabs him over the counter and Fangs and Jughead bust in and start like roughing him up. Like, hey there. Remember me? Last time I was here with the Red Paladin. And that day I was in a good mood. But today, whips out a switchblade. I'm in a bad mood. But you can help me by telling me where all these drugs are coming from. What what the fuck happened to Jughead? He's got a little crazy and cocky, but I love it. And Fangs is just sitting in the back, like reading a comic book, like do 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 do. Fake reading. He's got his he's got his legs crossed. He looks fucking hot like that. He does. He is adorable. We love you, Drew Tanner. He's doing like James no, Dean look in the comic book store. No offense to Jordan Connor who plays Sweet Pea, but I'm really into Fangs right now. Mm-hmm. Fangs is Fangs is kind of the best. Fangs is it. <laughs> Please don't kill Fangs. No. You've already shot him in the stomach. Stop trying to kill Fangs Fogarty. Mm-hmm. So they get it out of the comic book guy that it's they've gone old school with their street corners. They put gargoyle masks on the telephone wires and there's a den nearby. It's the stupidest thing ever. I, I mean, it's old school. It really is. It's also dumb. Whatever. It's a small town. So Jughead instructs the boys, okay, search this place, confiscate any contraband or drugs or gaming equipment. It's like, don't make me come back here again. And he leaves. It's great. It's dork. He is a dork, but it's the cutest dork ever. We go over to the blue and gold office and we see Cheryl's spider brooch that Betty has put a mic on. Betty Snooper. Betty Snooper. She's got all the stuff from when her mom worked at the Riverdale Register. We've got all this old school recording equipment. Very 60s. I love it. It's great. You do wonder, why could you not just have gotten yourself a laptop to hook this up to? Because we keep the technology old school with the exception of cell phones. I miss the explanation, though, that it's stuff she got from the Register. That mm-hmm. actually then makes a tiny bit of sense. But still, it's yeah. just like... It didn't just come from nowhere. It is just a bit much. So we see Cheryl go back to the gargoyle chamber for more of her interview. And she's with Evelyn. Like, okay, what's your favorite color? Red, Avi. But if I had to specify, I'd say Pantone's Flame Scarlet. <laughs> Do you ever bite your fingernails or cuticles when you're stressed? No, my manicurist would kill me. It's true. And then 
Edgar comes in because he's going to finish her interview. And then we cut to Betty listening to this. We're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, she's so excited. She did not think this was going to happen. She's flipping notebooks, trying to find the right stuff to write with. Yeah. And Edgar just comes in all adorable and hot. He is mm. so attractive. No. I'm going okay, I'm to I'm gonna have to show you old school Chad Michael Murray because I think I can convince you. That's fine. He's got a Daryl Hall look going at this point, and I'm just not that into it. I think it's the vest. Especially compared to, to Tom Keller and FBJ. I mean, I mean, they're so hot. <laughs> I know, right? But he's he's very pretty. He, he does. He's a hot dad for real. Sure, Jan. He is. Sure, Jan. Shut up. <sighs> so he sits down. He's like, okay. Have you ever experienced a loss of a loved one? She's like, yeah, my brother, blah, 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 blah. And we see these flashbacks of Cheryl going through her suicide attempt. And then we see her burning down her house. And he's like, you've already been baptized and reborn in fire. <laughs> oh, uh, and he's like, but yet the memory of your brother, it still hurts, doesn't it? Cheryl, memories are often painful, but they don't have to be. They can be a path to revival. And I believe the farm can help you see that. Ew. Mm. Gross. We cut on over to Pops and we've got we've got Archie there with Mad Dog and Baby Teeth and they're just talking about what comes next. And, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna go find my family. Baby Teeth doesn't have anybody to go to. Um, but Archie says, Oh, I think I got a place. So we cut over to Archie's gym. It's not fancy, but it's a hell of a lot better than a cell in L and L. I'll set up some cots around the place. You guys can stay as long as you want. Bros, um, bucks, and bros. Mad Dog is like, what? This is your own gym. Again, Archie's like, it's a long story. Mr. Keller comes in like, hey, this is the guy I was telling y'all about. This is my trainer extraordinaire. Tom is like, oh, I'm glad Archie's finally going to have some competition around here. And then Mad Dog and Archie like fake, like shadow box each other. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's time for rematch so long as the guards aren't betting on us. Ding, ding. <laughs> we go back to Serpent HQ, and now we get a little montage of Jughead snacking and checking things off of a map as he's on a radio. So he is telling the serpents where to go. They're busting gargoyles, and then they're reporting back. So they keep going through it. It's like, okay, good job, Fangs. Great. James. Who the fuck is James? I don't know. Like, who gets, like, nobody has a name like that. So what is it? We don't know what to call you. We're going to call you James. My name's Peter. No, you're James now. That's your name. <laughs> like, what the fuck? CP so calls and is like, okay, uh, we've got one more corner if you want to get on the action. Chuck is like, yeah, I'll meet you there. Why? We why? Just why would you go? No. You stay there, Jughead. Mm -hmm. Plausible deniability. So we cut to a deal going down. The serpents come rush the guy. The gargoyle takes off. And the dude doing the drug deal is like, you screwed up, kid, and shows him their badge. We see FP in a van roll up the back like, damn it, you ruined my bus. What the hell are you thinking, boy? Oh, no. Ah, shit. Cut directly to the Jones house. FP is yelling. It's like, he was going to lead me to the cook, to Kurtz. Jughead's like, you asked me to be your eyes and ears. No, I told you to report back to me. What were you doing there? This is the most pissed off we've seen FP in a long time. Yeah, and Gladys comes down. It's like, what's going on? Because they are yelling loud enough to be concerning. Mm -hmm. And FP tells her, and Gladys is like, if it's as dangerous as he says, maybe this whole deputy program may be not such a good idea for the serpent. Your mother's right, boy. Don't listen to her! 
<laughs> Dumbass. Yeah. And so FP lays it out. He's like, if I see serpents doing this again, I'm going to throw all your asses in jail. Because they deserve oh, it. Sure. No, I'm not arguing that at all. And then Gladys just looks at Jughead like, looks like you'll be sitting out the next few rounds, sugar. What and it's just like, okay, Jughead, it's time to tell your dad what's up. It's time. Like, I understand you not telling him before, but now it's time. You have overplayed every single card you had on this one. Not <laughs> You yet. doof. You big, big doof. Mm-hmm. We go back to Archie's gym and the guys are sparring a little bit and Elio comes in. He's there to offer them some work. Come see me at Casa Grande gym. Archie says, get out of here, leave, or I'll throw your ass out. I'm like, yay, Archie has learned from his mistakes. Yay! We go over to the Pembroke. It's Veronica and her parents. Like, Mom, Dad, I have an idea. If you're open to it, I think you should consider seeing a marriage counselor. (laughs) And they both just scoffed us in therapy. You wouldn't be the first mobster to see a therapist, Daddy. Nice Sopranos reference. And, like, they're both just like, no, this isn't going to happen. Veronica says, I'll call the Monsignor to remind you that marriage is ordained by God and therefore non-negotiable. Really, Veronica? Really? (sighs) That's your plan on this one? Now is where she starts to twist Hiram. Oh, he earns it. Yep. I'm still fighting for this family after everything. After how many times did you try to kill Archie? And Hiram quickly goes, water under the bridge. And this is where it's getting called out because Hiram apologized and made his amends to Archie. He never did that with Veronica. And that's so huge because it he is. thinks Veronica is just a given. Yeah. She, she's bought into this family thing, so I never have to apologize to her. She's always going to be there. And Veronica is almost at her breaking point with it. Yeah. That's why she keeps fighting for this thing. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not there, she doesn't know what to hold on to anymore. Yeah. Veronica goes on, you trying to murder my boyfriend is water under the bridge? You raised me to believe that family was the most important thing in the whole world, and I stupidly believed it, and it cost me Archie. When he came back and you were in the hospital, I chose you over Archie. I broke up with him because you were on death's door, and I thought, we need to come together, all of us. We need to rally around daddy and give him strength so he doesn't die. And his face is priceless. He is like, oh, shit. I did not think about this. Because he has never considered her at all. She has always just been a pawn that he knew would always be faithful to her because he's her daughter. And to be fair, he cares about her. Yeah. We see that peppered throughout Mm -hmm. the show. He is weirdly proud of her despite wanting to use her when she starts this business. Well, it's that whole, oh, I see myself in you thing. You're like, oh, I recognize this. Like, this is what I'm good at. And my kid's good at it, too. Like, it's it's cool to see that. But it's like, oh, those things I taught you, she took them seriously. And now they're coming bi- back to bite me in my ass. Yeah. So he gets upset by this. And he's like, you made your point. But the ship has sailed. Grow up and accept it. And he leaves. Which she does need to do. Mm-hmm. But still, you got to figure your own shit out, too, Hiram. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to about the bathroom at school. This is clearly <laughs> Cheryl's bathroom. And Betty's just like, what is he like? Well, he's younger than I thought. Also count him among the hot dads of Riverdale because Mr. Evernever is a yummy snack. This is All a nice right, reference. whatever. This is a nice reference. He's a good listener. And Betty starts going, okay, 
I have a bunch of questions I need you to ask him. When did he come to Riverdale and why did he do that? Like, how many people is he recruiting? And most importantly, and at this point, somebody comes in. A rando. A rando to use the bathroom. And Cheryl starts screaming, excuse you, we're having a private conversation. Can you leave? This extra is amazing. She's like, uh, uh, okay. I was use the bathroom. <laughs> I'm sorry. So she leaves. Go on, cousin. <laughs> and so Betty asks about, okay, find out where he stores the tapes of your recordings. If I get my hands on moms and Polly's, then the farm won't have any leverage over my family. And Cheryl's like, okay, I'll try. I'll try my best. But honestly, I kind of enjoyed talking to Eddie. Eddie? Ew. Ew. Nobody has ever referred to him as Eddie. Ew. So this feels dirty and wrong. Icky. We're back at Pops. Archie's eating with baby teeth. And, you know, they're like, oh, this is such good food. Mad Dog comes in. He's like, okay. I found my grandma and little brother. They're in an apartment building. It's falling apart. It's been taken over by drug dealers. And Archie's like, gargoyle mess? Yeah, they're cooking in some vacant apartments, and my grandma and brother are right there. And Archie says, okay, we'll get them out. Mad Dog's just like, you're going to move my family into your gym? And Archie says, no, we're going to get the gargoyles out. Nice, nice. We see Hermione walking into her mayor's office. There's a package on her desk. She opens it. It's a bunch of dead fish. Tonight you sleep with the fishes. Yep. Yeah, just dial ready because we're sick of you. (laughs) We cut directly to the Pembroke. She's drinking wine. Veronica's sitting there. She's like, it was right there. It's a clear message. They want me dead. Veronica's like, but who? Someone who wants payback, one of our enemies, maybe the St. Clairs, or your father. I like how just matter of fact and annoyed she is with this. (laughs) As much as she is freaked out. Yeah, it's like, well, this shit's happening. Like, does it matter who the fuck it is? Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. Who cares? So now we're at Archie's house, and Archie's talking to Doug. He says, okay, I drove by the building. This is what it's like. blah de blah blah Maybe we should call your dad. Nope, that's the nuclear option. My dad doesn't even want us on the street, but I'll talk to the guys, see if they're willing to risk their necks against the gargoyles or my dad. Digging that hole deeper, huh? Yeah, but then Archie's like, yeah, count me, Mad Dog, and the crew. We can fight. And Doug is like, the more, the merrier. Dumb boys. Yeah, but at least they're, they're working together. Yeah, I know. So now we go to Betty, and she is recording Cheryl, who is now talking to Edgar. But we're only seeing Betty during this one. We have like a couple of flashes, but for the most part, it's mostly Betty watching the recording. It's almost exclusively Betty's reaction to what's happening. Cheryl... You know, asking Mr. Evaner, can I ask you a question? Those tapes you're making, what are they for? Agar's like, well, our members like to refer back to them from time to time to track their growth. Oh, and where do you keep them? In a secure location. On the premises? Why are you so concerned about the tapes? Oh, just curious. Could you be more obvious? Mm -hmm. So Agar says, you know, hey, there's something that I want to show you. I think you'll find it illuminating. And, Mm. And now Buddy's like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. No, 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 no. It's just in the hall. You asked about our files. They're right there. But that looks like a broom closet. Tomorrow night, we're having a get-together for new members. Will you join us? Sounds admissible. Will all the farmies be in there? Ah, here we are. He opens a door. After you. What happens in here? And as she enters the room, like we, we can hear her entering the room, we start to hear static. And so clearly microphones are not going to be working in this room. We cut directly to the hallway at school. It's the next day. But he's like, Cheryl, I called you a dozen times. I was beyond worried. Cheryl's like, I texted you. I was fine. 
Well, what was in the room Edgar took you to? None of your business. Also, I'm done being your mole. It's disrespectful, not to mention illegal. And Betty's like, well, okay, I was going to say the same thing. You should stop going to the farm before Edgar catches on to you. And Cheryl says, oh, I'm still going. I'm just done working for you. Toodles. And Betty's like, what the fuck? What is happening? They got Cheryl. They got Cheryl. She's been turned. We get to the five seasons. It's Hiram's like office within his hotel. And Veronica's like, did you send a dead fish to mom? <laughs> Hiram appropriately reacts. What? What on earth are you talking about? <sighs> so like they go back and forth and Hiram's like, are you sure it's not just a prank? No, it was a not so veiled threat on her life. Daddy, you have to protect her. Don't get a divorce. And he's like, okay, whatever. And Veronica's like, okay, but barring that, don't shun her in public so the whole world sees that she's alone, twisting in the wind left by her all-powerful husband. And Hiram actually thinks about that. Yeah, Veronica's made a good point. It's like, you know, okay, it's one thing to divorce her, but don't, like, say that she's a horrible person. Like, make it very clear that she's still protected by you. You don't need to needlessly cast her off that way. Uh Uh-huh. And... There's nothing that she's done that you haven't kind of reciprocated in about eight ways. This has been tit for tat. So you don't have to be together, but you do need to keep up appearances both for her sake and my sake. And also, it only looks better for you. Yeah. Like, okay, your relationship is over. That's fine. But- As much shit as you have on her, she has on you. And her dying doesn't fix that. Because guess what? Your daughter knows everything. You going to kill her too? Not likely. No, because he actually likes her. Yeah, it's in your best interest to just play nice with her. Yes. Yeah. Cut over to Betty and Jughead's bedroom. Because that's (laughs) what this is. It is clearly post-sex. Betty says, you know, I think I can get the tapes. Edgar has my mom and Polly. Jack is like, on a scale of one to ten, how dangerous is you sneaking into the farm going to be? Well, they're still having the open house, so not as dangerous as you and Archie raiding a building full of gargoyles. Hmm. This is the best pillow talk ever. (laughs) Very cute. They're adorable. They're very open and honest about all their shit, which I like. Again, I appreciate the fact that we're showing a teenage couple that talks about things. And they also clearly have a sex life. That's cool. That's and, fine. And specifically, these two mm-hmm. having such wackadoo stuff going on. Yeah, because with Archie and Veronica, it was just all they do is have sex. All they do is have sex and don't tell each other anything. So it's a nice little shift. It's like, okay, this is a couple that's definitely sleeping together, but they're also dealing with stuff and they're talking about it. So we cut to it's the ribbon cutting ceremony at Lodge Prison. All three lodges are there. They're all wearing similar coats that have the fur trimmed lining there. It's a nice costuming piece. And Hiram's just like, okay, I couldn't be here today if not the love and support of my daughter Veronica and that of my wife, Hermione, the love of my life. Or as most of you call her, Madam Mayor. With the most forced grimacing grin from both of them. Mm -hmm. We cut to Archie's gym and all the guys are there and they're talking about the game plan. Like... Thanks to Mad Dog's recon, we have a pretty decent idea of the layout of the apartment building, but we still need to be vigilant in there. So now we cut to, this is a really great sequence. They did this so well. I was very impressed. And I've got to go watch the raid, mm-hmm. the movie, to figure out if they are simulating that style or if they just came up with this on their own. I mm-hmm. think they're simulating the style But I don't know for certain. Well, we've seen stuff like this before, but I just I love that the camera zoom from like you cutting up 
up and down on a floor and with so, a cross section yeah. of the actual concrete and yeah. seeing the I love structure. That. Yeah. that to me is great. So we watch that all the guys show up at the apartment building. They all go in the front door. Uh, they get there's a couple gargoyles stationed there. They beat them up. So then they decide that they're going to keep going. All the wrestler guys with Archie are going to be on the first floor. We see Baby Teeth is going to stand watch at the door. Hmm. And then Jughead and the Serpents go to the second floor. And then Jughead makes his way up to the third floor by himself. Interesting. So we see all the guys sweeping the floor. They're checking the room, shutting doors. They're signaling to the tenants, you know, hey, go get inside, stay safe. We see gargoyle symbols on the walls. And then we cut to Jughead on the third floor. So he's making his way down a hallway. A gargoyle comes out, shoots at him. Jughead ducks out cut to the lower floors that was clearly a signal all the doors open gargoyles jump out and start beating each other it's it's an ambush kick ass so we slow motion through the hallways on the first floor and the second floor because the same thing's happening on both and they're all fighting jughead you know sees a fire extinguisher he cuts across the hallway the gargoyle shoots again jughead lets the fire extinguisher go gets a bunch of smoke and then you know knocks the gargoyle out Another guy comes out with a gun. Archie comes up behind him, stops him. More gargoyles come. Mad Dog comes up and like they're able to take care of him. Like, okay, you guys go and find the cook. So Archie and Jughead, they go into another room. They see all of the cooking paraphernalia. Kirks is hiding behind a door. He puts up a gun. Jughead sees this and smashes him behind the door. They're able to get him. They zip tie his hands. And so they're walking out in the hallway you know, Mad Dog's still beating up these guys. And Jughead's like, you go help him. I've got Kurtz. We're good. So Jughead's walking Kurtz down the stairs and they get to a landing. And Kurt says, I'm ready to ascend. And he forces Jughead and himself through a window that's been boarded up. And they fall to the ground. Jughead's clearly hurt. Kurtz runs. Archie sees this, starts looking at him, coming after him. And Jughead's like, no, go get Kurtz. We cut to the Pembroke and Hiram's there saying goodbye to Monsignor Montgomery and Veronica's coming in. She's like, what was he doing here? Oh, delivering the news in person. Our marriage has been annulled. What? (laughs) It's much less public than a divorce. So as far as our community is concerned, your mother remains under my protection. But in the eyes of God and the church, it's as if our marriage never existed. And Veronica's just like, that's not what I wanted. And Hiram says, clearly not, since you sent your mother those dead fish. Hey, nice twist. (laughs) And she's like, what are you talking about? And Hiram says, you know, it took me a while to figure this one out. It was one of your more creative tactics. Veronica pulls the weirdest parent trap ever. Like game recognizes game. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you threaten your mother's life. So I had to protect her. That's what happened, isn't it? Veronica says, yeah, I figured if you had to be together in public and pretend it would eventually fix itself but it's over isn't it and Hiram says yeah it is and he feels bad for letting her down like you can tell that he respects her good old-fashioned try but it's like yeah this is done well not just that but also her her real conviction and her Mm -hmm. feeling about her family yeah he doesn't want to hurt Veronica and so what he's done is offer an olive branch yeah this is the closest she's gonna get to that so, you know, it's it's rough, but it's such a great moment from Hiram mm. because making him the big bad, as we've said, really gets annoying after a while. 
but complicating him and making him sometimes a bad guy, but sometimes just the annoying dad in the background Mm -hmm. scheming over things is a way better choice for his character. Mm -hmm. So we cut to Jughead coming home and he just busts in the house. He's Gladys on the couch, starts yelling, he's got guns now. It's a miracle that none of us were killed. And she's just like, you wouldn't be dodging bullets if you kept your nose out of my business. She has no regard for her son. No. None. None. So Jughead's like, that's it. I think it's time you, me, and dad have a big talk and put all the cards on the table. I don't care if his heart breaks. He needs to know what you're doing. And Gladys gets in his face and is like, he and Jellybean aren't a part of this. It's between you and me, mano a mano. And Jughead's just like, oh, no, you caught us by surprise. That won't happen again. Slowly but surely, I'm going to choke your whole operation to death. And he walks off. And you can see on her face, she is actually starting to be a little concerned. He has clout in this town. He has backup in a way that she never will have. And the other thing is, she's completely disregarded him. And FP will choose Jughead over Gladys. Oh, of course you will. Jellybean's going to be a thing that hurts. And I really hope they let that reveal happen in a really cool way. Well, now we have Betty breaking into room 317 with her bobby pin. She just goes to the door. It's locked. Pulls the bobby pin out of her hair. I love that we're keeping that little thing going. And as soon as she opens the door, we hear over the loudspeakers Edgar talking. They've got the initiation of Cheryl Blossom happening. Betty's, you know, Finds herself in a room filled with stacks and stacks of boxes. So she's going through them and she finds them and she's like, okay, two down, one to go. And while she's walking through this room searching for stuff, we see a picture, a portrait of Edgar on the wall. And it's very, very cult leader. Like, it's so crazy. I love it. What's up, Jim Jones? Mm-hmm. We head over to Archie's gym. Mad Dog comes in and they haven't seen baby teeth since the raid. And they're like, okay, we'll we'll keep looking out for him. Archie asks how Mad Dog's family is. Like, oh, they're good, especially since I'm getting him out of that building. And Archie's like, yeah, where are you going? Elio hooked me up at a place in the north side. And Archie's like, really? And Mad Dog says, look, I've looked at all the options before me, and his is the best. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, Red, and I'll never forget that. And Archie's sad, but he also gets it. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, where it's like, yeah, okay. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I can't offer you what Elio can. So now we're at Cheryl's house and Betty's there and she hands her a cassette tape. What's this? The tapes of your recorded session with Edgar. They have nothing on you. You don't have to go back. And it's like, oh, that was the one more to go that Betty was looking for. She got her mom's and Polly's and then she also got Cheryl's. So then, like, good looking out, Betty. Except. Except Cheryl's like, I want to go back. I'm going to. Cheryl, you don't listen to anybody. Why would you listen to Edgar ever never? And Cheryl explains that she gets to see Jason when she's there in the flesh and talk to him. And the farm has given her back her brother. And Betty asks like, oh, you heard his voice like a seance? Nope. And it's just like, oh, okay. And suddenly the light bulbs go off in Betty's head. Mm -hmm. So we cut directly to Pops and Betty is meeting with Alice. But I says, you know, thanks for meeting her mom. I just had something I wanted to ask you in person. Is the reason you're so obsessed with the farm because they let you talk to Charles? And Alice is just like taken aback by this. She goes, yes, I see my son. And it's like, I never lost him. 
and oh, you would love your brother, Elizabeth. He's the most beautiful boy I've ever seen. And ugh, <sighs> Alice starts crying at all this. We get this finally real moment from her, which mm-hmm. is so good. Oh, she's great at these things. Being with him is unlike anything I can ever imagine. And it's all because of Edgar. Edgar brought me my son. And Betty finally gets that what the farm is offering these people is intangible. It, you know, it's not money. It's not just happy feelings. It's, it's giving them something back that they lost and they so desperately want. The one thing that they lost that they just treasure mm-hmm. and need in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it sets off in her mm-hmm. this understanding that doesn't make her want to go be a part of the farm. No. It makes her go, now I know what I've got to do to take this guy down. Like, this is what I need to figure out. How are they accomplishing this? Because for so long, she couldn't understand the motivation. Mm-hmm. Now that she knows the motivation, she goes, this is how we get rid of these people. Mm-hmm. We get rid of it by exposing that it's a total sham. Yep. So Betty asks, can I meet him? Charles? Edgar. So we cut to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and Betty is sitting down to meet with Edgar. It's Thetan time. It's Thetan time. So he comes in, and he says, I was wondering when we'd finally meet. Me too, Mr. Evernever. Edgar says, you've been busy. I could always ask your mother and sister to give their testimony again. And who's to say I don't have copies of their tapes in storage off-site? Betty just kind of smirks knowingly, like, yeah, I figured you'd probably get me, but I had to try. Like, he fully is aware of who she is and what she's been up to. Of course. He's like, what do you want to know? And Betty just doesn't even try to be coy. She just looks at him and says, everything. Start from the beginning. I love this. I love that it's just this whole like, I know who you are and what you're doing. What do you want? I want to know everything. Like, it's just very plain. I like that. Mm -hmm. This is not a time to be playing games. No more. So we cut over to Archie's gym. We got all the guys there and they're all like, you know, hanging out and a rando serpent because I found this outside and he's holding a chalice and Jughead grabs it. Was there fresh aid in this? No, but there's a quest card and they pick it up and they read it. Defang the wolf cub. And then and they find a They find a tooth. tooth. Jug, baby teeth or what's left of him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we cut to FP, he's walking through the woods and he's on his radio. He's like, okay, I'm getting close to the clearing of where that hiker called about, but I don't see any. And he comes across the clearing and he sees a gargoyle shrine and we see baby teeth hunched over with his arms stretched out like we saw Dilton and Ben. And he's got things carved, he's got those symbols carved in his back. And we see his face and his mouth is all messed up and it's blue. So clearly, they did pull his teeth, and he did take fresh aid. Oh, shit. Riverdale. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's so messed up. Yeah. I love it. But like, this is a great way to to end before we go on hiatus for three weeks. Well, now, I mean, we're left going, did they really get the Gargoyle King? Is the Gargoyle King still around? Who's giving the orders? Who Who is the Gargoyle King? Who's the Ur-King, as, as Jug had said previously? <laughs> I love it. Great. All right. Well, I guess the only thing left to do is for us to go watch the next time on. So if you're not interested in hearing any spoilers or any extra information, you can, number one, go join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod. There, if you join at the $2 or more level, you can find our full coverage of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which will be ramping up very soon. Yep. Season two drops on April 5th, which is mm, two days from now. Mm. Yeah. So we will be starting our coverage on that in May. Whew. 
Yeah, so it's a good time to join Binge and get ready for our weekly releases of that. We've also got all sorts of fun stuff. We uh, we did Josie and the Pussycats. We've done the comic of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We've got uh, all sorts of movies and fun stuff. Yeah, we watched Love, Simon, which was heavily featured in season two of Riverdale. And, and also just a bunch of movies that we've done for our Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What podcast. And also, I can't forget to mention our Doghouse drive through where we give our instant takes each week. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a new episode, we put out a little five, ten minute episode on Fridays. It's exclusive to our Patreon members. But if you're not able to join right now, please, 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 please go rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to social media. We are at Macintosh Mod on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. All right, let's go watch that next trailer. The next episode is called Jawbreaker, and it looks like there's going to be some sanctioned matches with Archie. We fight for him. We fight for him. Yeah, it's going to be... Well, it looks like there's a lot going on. They're trying to figure out who killed Baby Teeth. Could it be a copycat murderer? Copycat. Betty is threatening Evelyn Evernever. I will kill you. Love it. And there's all sorts of intrigue about Betty with her Mm -hmm. mom. Betty's going to have to join the farm to really get to a place where she can figure out what they're doing. I mean, it could be that or her discussion with Edgar could be leading her to plan on how to deprogram her mom. It's one of those two. Maybe we see her with a blindfold and then we see like files and then we hear Alice going, I trusted you. So I wonder if like maybe Betty starts doing some stuff with the farm and then she gets like hurt or lied to by Edgar and Alice finds out about it and that's who she's saying that to. See, and I I feel like that could be too fast. See, I think it's Betty pulling the files and figuring out and exposing that in no way this is real what's Mm -hmm. going on and Alice confronting Edgar. I think Alice is so far and I don't think she could be deprogrammed that quickly. I don't know. And, and that's just a whole lot of stuff that to happen in one episode. I don't know. Also, we see Joaquin's brother. Yeah, we see uh, Ricky. And then we also see Choni and Cheryl getting it on. Good. So, you know, all right. Maybe we're going to make them like normal and healthy. But right now they are toxic as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we got three weeks to go. But I think I hope I hope it's worth it because I'm really excited for these last five. I think it'll be good. It's just going to be weird to see how it all plays out in the end. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.